Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Just a note to say this podcast episode contains major spoilers and some challenging themes. Do you think it's too loud? Should I turn it down a bit? Um, I think it's all right. Okay. It's always better to be loud because... I feel like sometimes people can't listen on the train or whatever, and the train is so loud. Oh, fair enough. I feel like it's it's good to be loud because you can always turn it down. Very true. But also, <laughs> if it's too loud, it will blow out. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Stand by for technical difficulties. <laughs> the UK Film Review Festival is back. Join us for an incredible selection of feature and short films. Review the ones you see and do it all from the comfort of your own house. November 12th to 13th. Festival parties are on sale now at ukfilmreview.co.uk. Hello and welcome to... <laughs> Joyce a little dance for us there. <laughs> Hello <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Gay Actually, a monthly series as part of the UK Film Review podcast where we talk about all things LGBTQ+. And my favourite letters. My favorite. <laughs> These are my favourite letters of the alphabet. Um, <laughs> Joyce, what the hell do we talk about on this podcast anyway? <laughs> if you had to give a little summary. Um, we Well, like I would say 80% of what we say is um, bull crap. <laughs> Um, 90% of what I say is bullcrap. You you have some smart things to no. say sometimes. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> Enough of that. I won't hear of it. Oh. Um, but yeah, we talk about everything gay in cinema. Is that what I have? What, what, what I would say. 
with gaming queer. <laughs> As you can see, we're really good at describing what we do here. Yes, we talk about all things gay, all things cinema, all things fun and not so fun, but also it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's part of life. <laughs> may cut some of this out anyway uh as always i'm amber and i'm joined by the lovely joyce hi uh we also have a third guest on the podcast today now you may be thinking oh my god (laughs) you may be thinking i've only heard two voices so far that is because the third voice we have today is a tiny kitten voice say hello stella squeak stella squeaky (laughs) no She's feeling a bit uh, microphone shy. <laughs> Stella is a beautiful 10-year-old... 10-year-old? 10-year-old. <laughs> Stella is a beautiful 10-week-old kitten um, belonging to one of Joyce's housemates. And she is so chaotic and so squeaky. And I feel like she's definitely going to offer her opinion at some point. Absolutely. She, she's, she... she's obsessed, as you can see. <laughs> Joyce. She's Audio listeners with Ember's feet. <laughs> she keeps gunning for my feet. I uh, don't know what that says about my feet, but anyway, where's she gone? <laughs> She's behind you. Hello! <laughs> I feel like most of this episode is going to be like, where's the cat? Uh-huh. <laughs> where's the kitten? You're right. <laughs> She's gone under the bookcase. Yeah. She's just having a little stalk. She she um, she um played with a cork for a little bit, but now she's got bored of that. So I think she's just going to go for my toes <laughs> when she fancies it. Um, But yeah, anyway, while she's making herself busy, Joyce, I'm going to (laughs) sneeze. Oh, I hate that. Oh, you didn't get it? No, it's gone. It will reappear within the next hour, probably. Mm. Um, How are you, Joyce? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, fine, fine. Good. You done anything gay this week, this month? Um, Yes, actually, this week um, I started rewatching The L Word, Generation (gasps) Q. Preparing for the new season that's coming out soon. Oh my god. What yes. do you think about it? Because I've only seen... I think I've only seen, like, episode one. I actually... Um, so I tried to watch it, like, twice before. Yeah. And I didn't care much for it. I would just, like, watch clips on Ow. YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Stella! Hello! Do you want to sit here? Sit on my notebook. Oh, she's so cute. I'm actually obsessed oh. with her. I might kidnap her. Do you think your housemate will notice if I just, like, put her in my rucksack? I'm taking a photo of Emma right now. This is going to go on the Insta. <laughs> I look awful. Oh, she's on the laptop. Okay, well. <laughs> Wait, let me take my hair down for a better shot. Don't move. Oh my God, it looks like she's talking in the microphone. <laughs> look this way, Stel. Stella, what's this? What's this? Hey. What's this? Oh, oh my God. She's not bothered. I don't she know. She just cares about your nuts. <laughs> oh, this is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Hello. Ah! <laughs> Your claws! Yeah. Do I? Right. Bye. She's such a little adventurer. <laughs> she's she wants to play the guitar now. Anyway, yeah, that's fun. Anyway, what were you supposed <laughs> So, um, I tried to watch the L Word Generation Q twice before. Yeah. But um, I wasn't really invested, and I would just like watch clips on YouTube from Bet and Tina because they're the only ones I care about. Really. Uh, so they're both in Generation Q, and um, is well, it Tina only comes in like in like one of the last episodes? Yeah, and and it's Alice and Shane that are in it with Bet as well, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Show so my L word challenge. Yeah. Did you watch the original? Because I've seen oh, all of yeah. the originals, so I know all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Who was your favorite character in the original series? Um, Bed and Tina. Both of them. Ben, probably. Incredible. Dana, so Dana was my favourite character. I did like Jenny for a bit, but then she went on full full on psycho bitch, and then I kind of like 
was over it really fast. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, I'd say Alice and Dana are my absolute faves. Alice, really? Yeah. Oh, I loved Alice. I just love that she was like so sassy. She is sassy. Um, yeah, she just goes out there but look yeah. Bet is one of the hottest women to walk this planet and Bet <laughs> she's and beautiful isn't she oh God, I've got so her on Instagram beautiful. she's she's absolutely stunning you've got her on Instagram are you stunning Jennifer Beals yeah no <laughs> can you imagine as if she doesn't have enough thirsty lesbians sliding <laughs> oh into her God. DMs all her followers <laughs> um, she yeah. is absolutely beautiful but I always loved Ben and Tina. Their relationship is like so toxic, but <laughs> it's so bad. They have isn't the it? hottest lovemaking scenes. <laughs> what still in Generation Q? Well, no, not in Generation Q. They're not together anymore. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Um, sad. sad. But there's hope for season three. That's oh, why I'm really? watching all of it. But, yeah. Amazing. Good vibes. So that's Good what I've vibes. been doing. What about you? Um. So mine is also themed to gay series because I I took Joyce's advice from the last time we recorded and I binged watched the whole of the first series of A League of Their Own. Hell yeah. Well we watched the first episode together yeah. after we recorded. Um with the crumble I made. Delicious rhubarb crumble. <laughs> I Should've will made say. another one. Aww. But yeah and then had a little bit of a break because life. And then we, we, we binge watched the whole of the rest of the first series and oh my god it's so good there's so many queer women in the show it's amazing everyone is it's queer. so good if you haven't seen a league of their own listeners please i implore you please watch it it's okay. so so good it's so good greta I'm obsessed. Carson, I, I respect and admire, but like, Greta, are you joking? We were literally just like, we were watching the TV and just going, <sighs> it's just incredible. Darcy, what's her name? Darcy. Carnot? Yeah. Amazing. She's so talented. She's so beautiful. She is amazing. It's um, like you said, she exudes the sex. She does. She really does. How is everyone alive watching this right I now? I know. You know, they um, they did like an interview over, I think it was like Instagram Live or something with yeah. like a few of the cast members. Amazing. And I think it was um, Abby that plays Carson. And yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe the actress that plays Jess. I don't remember. Okay. That were telling Darcy that... Like, do you know that you have this huge thirsty lesbian following <laughs> on Instagram? Yeah, because I, I don't... Darcy's... Yeah, she's not she's not queer, right? She's no. she's married to a dude. So like, I guess because I know Abby is is gay, and yeah. a couple of the other actresses are gay as well. So they must like see it and be like, lol. I know, <laughs> absolutely. But Darcy loves it, like great. Yeah, no, she's amazing. I loved her in the Good Place as well. She mm-hmm. was so funny. Also a bit by Janet was in the oh, Good Place, a hundred percent. So yes, that was such a good watch. Now I'm looking for a new series. So. If anyone's got any recommendations of good queer series, hit me up. Anyway, we digress. Sorry, um, really quickly, where's Stella? I think she went out of my bed. Stella? Oh my god, no, she's by the bin over there. Oh, sorry. How did you get there? Not dog she's my bin. sniffing for treats. <laughs> you crazy little thing. You crazy little thing. Oh, she's so small. 
she was in a gamer girl. A gamer girl. She just tried to climb my PlayStation. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> she was also she was looking at my laptop charger like, what is that? And can I play with it? Oh my god. She was also when you were not in the room, she was playing with your dressing gown cord. <laughs> she was like trying to reach it. She's trying to get away from you so hardcore oh, right no. now. Okay. <laughs> She's so tiny. I love her little bat ears as well. Oh, I know. She is, especially for witchy season. That's the thing as well. It's October. It's spooky season. We have not got a Halloween themed episode this month. But just... Hello? Stella. <laughs> Stella, where are you? Did everyone just hear that? Is it a ghost or is it the cat? <laughs> Who's to say? Oh, there she is. <laughs> She keeps appearing and disappearing and reappearing at point other points in the room. You have a cat in Belgium, right? Yeah, I love cats. Oh my god. I'm going to Belgium next week. I'm so excited to cuddle my cat. Oh my god. How long are you going for? Just a week. I'm doing my driver's test part two. Oh my god. (laughs) Good luck. Thank you. What's it like to learn to drive in Belgium? I don't know, because well, I don't know what to compare it to, because Yeah. I haven't learned it here. Okay, yeah, but that's true. Basically, the, the annoying thing is that you can only take the exam twice, and if you fail the second time, you have to take six hours of classes, mandatory. <gasps> also, my theory mm. is expiring in December, so um, it's it's all or nothing, basically. Like literally. You'll be fine, you'll be fine. Yeah, but if I fail this time, I'm just going to do it in the UK instead. Yeah, that's fair, because also in the UK, like, you can, although it's expensive and the waiting list is long at the minute because of COVID... Um, I, my brother just did his so oh, okay. <laughs> um, pass first time annoyingly because I did not pass first time <gasps> that's criminal <laughs> um, I passed second time but that was a long time ago so okay. oh must be nice to have your license for that long <laughs> <laughs> can't relate stop well fingers crossed Anywho. you will be fine we, <laughs> I was going to say we'll be able to check back in next month but <laughs> we're recording two <laughs> Two in one day. Cheeky, getting out of the game. Um, Just insert a clip of me saying yes or no. (laughs) (laughs) I will. In the next episode that we're recording. Oh my god, you're right. Editing Amber, insert clip here. She passed! I literally would die for Stella. Hello, gorgeous. You coming to sit with me? What did she do? I don't know. (laughs) Pausing is not sufficient. (laughs) My god. Pausing. No, my angel, don't... Oh, pausing. Hi! Oh, she hates it. Hi, guys. Um, Stella would like to apologize for pausing the recording. <laughs> apologize, Stella. <laughs> scrapple, scrapple. There we go. She just she's apologized. Like, now she's walking on your laptop. I know. She can do anything. She can step all over She. Me. The thing is, though, is that she's so small and light. Like, she doesn't really cause much damage apart from stopping a recording. But anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Stella. Stella has been banished, uh, but today we are here to talk about queer Indian cinema. So, um, cinema uh, films and cinema made in India that reflect the LGBTQ plus community. This is a topic that um, is very close to my heart because I did my dissertation on queer Indian cinema, specifically with female same sex relationships. So, it's been very very fun revisiting that a year on and kind of kind of looking at what's changed if anything and looking at the history again that I'd researched before um because there's quite a complex history with um homosexuality in India um but Joyce this is a new topic to you right yeah I mean I've read your dissertation um (laughs) but aside from that that was ages ago that was was literally 
so long ago. And I'm so sorry you had to suffer through that. Oh, no, it was great. What are you talking about? I loved it. What's, what um, kind of stands out to you, though, about like all of these films? Um, yeah, I think something I noticed while watching these films is that there's um, a very strong recurring theme about the lack of language. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. I was going to bring this up a bit later, but I think Sorry. <laughs> it is like very noticeable in all of them how there's no words for certain sexualities and stuff like that. But also yeah. just like a lot of these characters don't know how to express the way they feel. They can't put their um, othered feelings into words, which makes it harder for them to communicate those feelings with themselves, with other people. Um, I think that's a really big thing. And then also, and I remember reading this in your disc actually last year. Oh, um, God. But this like very strong belief kind of that homosexuality is something of the West. Yes. Um, and therefore, if it happens to Indian characters, it's like they're being influenced by the West. Yeah. Um, that's like a very strong theme in all four as well. Even, even... I would go far as to say that there was there's the argument in some of the films that they've been quote unquote corrupted by the West, like right. corrupted by Western thought and Western ideology. Because I think as well, obviously there are a lot of films that have been released in the UK that explore um, Indian and South Asian culture. So I can't think straight is a good example. Um, it's about a British Indian uh, Muslim woman reconcile well. She's not really religious, but her family is, and she has to reconcile that alongside... She's fallen in love with um, a woman from Jordan um, who has a lot of issues with her faith. So that's kind of brought into it quite a lot, um, wrestling their culture and their identity. And then, have you seen... Oh, well, there's Bend It Like Beckham, of course. Yeah. Absolute incredible film. I love Bend It Like Beckham. And there are, obviously, the original story was intended to be queer. So... I thought she was a Libra. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) She's like, lesbian, I thought she was a Libra. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best Oh, God. And also, get your lesbian feet out of my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. I thought she was a Libra. I was literally like... What are you talking about? <laughs> thought you were making a joke about. I thought you were American. <laughs> I thought she, maybe that was the original. I thought she was a Libra. Wow. Oh my god. See, queer culture inspires everything. Iconic film, obviously intended to be queer, and then, you know, mainstream film in two thousand <laughs> said no. Um, also, Nina's Heavenly Delights is a beautiful film set in Scotland. Um, again, Nina is dealing with her um, Indian family and falling in love with a Scottish girl, Lisa. So there's kind of always these um, conflicts with Western thought and conflicts with the West, which is why it's interesting to look at it at cinema within India itself, because um, I think a lot of these films really deal with those issues. Um, a brief history of i'll be very brief (laughs) of like homosexuality and like laws in india basically homosexuality was kind of frowned upon historically but never criminalized until you guessed it british colonialism in the 1860s unnatural acts in quotes were criminalized which includes homosexual acts so gay sex was made illegal 
it was punishable by up to for up to 10 years in prison that was the punishment this was overturned in 2009 uh, where these acts were made um, made legal but then that was by the Delhi High Court and then that was overturned in 2013 so homosexuality was recriminalized until 2018 so this is very very recent history um, and a lot of these films that we're going to talk about they come out amongst all of this like every kind of there's so many more queer films that we're not going to talk about today and i would really really encourage everyone who's interested in indian cinema to go and have a look there's so many bollywood films and non-mainstream indie films as well made by indian filmmakers that really do tap into these issues because it's very very prevalent there's been a lot of There's always been a lot of protesting in India around in the 2000s and the 2010s to do with um, from the queer community, but also nationalist groups um, that think that uh, legalising homosexuality is uh, a Western ideology and is not good, basically. And then I think in terms of now, I think so the gay marriage debate is going on and like whether or not same-sex couples can have legal recognition. So that's still ongoing. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens in the next few years and kind of what films come out mm. on the back of that. Because I feel like the... the I don't know, I'm rambling now, but I feel like film is so entrenched in the, like, socio-political ideology of it all. I remember this documentary I watched. Oh, um, I think... It was on Vice on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it was about the scam that happened um, with Indian matchmaking. Oh, I don't know if you've yeah. seen that. I haven't. So Do you know what it's called? It was about this. Um, I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to look up. Okay, um, sure. Because I can't remember. But yeah. it was about this Indian uh, woman who started a um, online matchmaking company mm-hmm. for um, Indian people living abroad. So in the wow. UK, I think mostly, or maybe also the US. Okay. Um, because they wanted it. It, it was. Um, in the Indian people who wanted traditional Indian marriages, but who were queer. Sure. So that was way oh. harder to find. But okay. they also wanted that matchmaking um, tradition. I think I have heard something about yeah. this, but I don't think I've seen it. But it was a whole scam. Like, it, it wasn't oh, It no. wasn't real. It, she took a lot of people's money. Queer oh. people, vulnerable people. Yeah, that um, just wanted to be treated the same as everyone yeah, else, right? It, really sad. That's horrible. But um, I just thought of that because it kind of, you know, goes with that. Where, do, where does India stand with marriage right now and mm-hmm. all of that um, but you can see that there's like a big push towards these queer people wanting the same kind of recognition and yeah. same kind of traditions as their straight counterparts yeah because just because they're gay doesn't mean that they don't have culture <laughs> like they should be able to embrace um, embrace their culture and their queerness which a lot a lot of these films especially uh, films featuring lesbian women and queer women really focus on is that like the disparity between wanting to honour their faith and their culture and being Indian versus mm-hmm. being gay, like, and trying to reconcile that. Yep. And, yeah, I feel like, I feel like these films, yeah, they really go into it. But there's, there's so, there's so much research and there's so much, so many documentaries on being queer in India and the diaspora as well. There's one called Purple Skies, which came out around the time, I think it was in, it was the in-between stages between when it was legalised and when it was criminalised again. Right. So, the first film we're going to talk about is Fire by Deepa Mehta. Um, 1996. 
which is crazy um, because of all the films we're going to talk about today, this one is the most sexually graphic. Yeah. And it is the oldest one. It is older than both of us. <laughs> it um, is. Which is crazy. <clears throat> Don't let my youth offend you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to hate that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, this film is about two women. Um, you have Sita and Radha. And they're both married, but in very loveless, um, mm-hmm. absent marriages. So um, you have, on, on the one hand, you have Radha, who's married to um, a very religious man. And she is barren, can't have any kids. So her husband took a vow of celibacy to um, fight desire. Right. There's a whole thing about it in the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on the other hand, you have uh, Sita, who is freshly married, um, to a man who is having an affair with another woman. Yeah. Um, he's in love with the other woman. He wanted to propose to her. She said no, so he proposed to Caesar instead. But he's still seeing the other woman. So yeah. um, it comes down to both these women being in absolute horrendous, loveless marriages. They live together in the same house. They're extended family. Um, and basically through their uh, desire for intimacy, they fall in love with each other. And it's a really beautiful story. It's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? That this is the most beautiful, uplifting, like in parts explicit story as well. And the fact that it's the oldest one, like it came out in the nineties. Which, wow. Fun fact about this is that it was co-produced by both an Indian and a Canadian production company, which is, I think, how it actually got made. Mm-hmm. Because I think if it had just been an Indian production company, then I don't know if it would have been released in India like as widely as it was, but yeah, again, kind of that Western yeah. side of it, which is which is why um, at the time of its release, when it came out in cinemas, there was huge, huge protests from Hindu nationalists basically saying, Western corruption, this film is like polluting and horrible and it's going to negatively influence our women. Because yeah, homosexuality doesn't exist in India. Right. But also, on the flip side, there were protests from queer women in India saying, finally, a film that represents me, this is who we are, we're going to make ourselves heard, we're going to protest for our rights. Which is beautiful. And it's it's amazing that like, it just shows the power that film and cinema has mm-hmm. on, yeah, social issues. I, I don't know about you, I love this film. I think it's so moving and powerful and it really just shows as well um, the burdens of marriage, specifically heterosexual marriage. All four of the main characters are not happy Yeah. in the marriage. J- Jatin marries Sita because he feels like he has to. He feels the pressure to marry a young woman. Ashok and Radha, they have been married for a long time, but they can't, see- they can't have fulfillment because the next step is children. And they can't have any. So there's no pleasure anywhere. There's no joy. Which is why, so the, so the film says, Radha and Sita come together and find joy in their love. And it's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is crazy. really good. I really love this film. Do you have a standout scene that you like? Well, one of the scenes that I really just loved is when um, Sita and Radha are dancing together mm. in the living room. Amazing. And, um, that's about halfway through isn't yeah, it yeah I think yeah. so so they've already kissed and 
themselves together at this point. Which is bold for a film to show that oh, at this point. God, yes. Even a film in the UK would be bold to do that in the 90s, I mm. feel like. Yeah, for sure. To see two women being so intimate and tender with each other. Like, it's it's so beautiful. Like, it made me, like, made me cry. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> gay. <laughs> it's, like, so gay. It's just so moving. Like, anyway, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I love this dancing scene. Because, so, Sita is dressed up as a man. She's wearing, and she does this at the start of the film. She likes wearing trousers. Yes. That's my favourite scene in, at the beginning where she mm. is wearing trousers. It's like 10 minutes in, she's looking in the mirror at yeah. herself and she's feeling really good. Like, Yeah, exactly. I that. It's great. Like She's kind of experimenting with that gender expression. Yeah. And just kind of just feeling herself as she feels Definitely. instead of how she has to look on the outside. But yeah, the, the dancing scene is just, it's so cute. I mean, they're just living it up together. And then the grandmother is like in the back looking at them. And at oh, first BG. she looks super yeah. happy on BG. And then she likes, like, her expression, like, drops when the two women get really close together. She's like... Oh, yeah, no. and she has a little... Because BG, the grandmother, is mute, so she has a little bell that she rings when she wants or needs something. And she's a really interesting character, I think, because she can't say anything. She can't expose them. So, and they are kind of, like, private around her. But it is interesting that she can kind of, like, witness things or hear things and just, like, do nothing about it. Mm-hmm very true yeah it's very yeah exactly exactly I just think the film is the film is just so layered like it's such a it's such a concept obviously with BG the mute character um, who is just silently watching all of the antics (laughs) also the theme uh, there's a couple of important themes I think I mean desire is like a huge theme in terms of as well desire being seen as the root of all evil because Mm -hmm. so Radha's husband Ashok they don't sleep together anymore because he like the desire element because they would because the attitude is that sex is just for procreation whereas if they had sex the two of them like that would be lustful and just like for desire and therefore bad so i mean there's ways that that he gets around that but yeah rado is just kind of Right. unsatisfied as hell oh absolutely like um there's this when she explains this to Sita at some point that sometimes um her husband makes her lie next to him yes so he can test himself against that's his it. desires that's awful yeah so well that oh that's the thing so yeah he literally just lies there they lie there together in silence mm. and he tries to resist her yeah she just gets no fulfillment for her yeah exactly like women like women are a vessel type oh, thing absolutely. and she's not like rada is a you know she's an empowered woman she, you know she wants to feel desired and she wants to be mm-hmm. like she wants to feel desire and be desired which is why her and sita when you know there's one look and that's it and they yeah. and they want to run away together and break away from their marriages and be and she, free she's so vocal about it she's like i desire seeds i desire her body yeah she's just like which fair she knows what she wants that's it's amazing Absolutely. when she like expresses that yeah um so true but, as well like everyone is so trapped in their ex- expectations of them like yes. it's expected that they get married young and have children and when they can't meet those expectations or don't want to meet those expectations then that's their downfall in yeah. quotes yeah um which is Th- interesting there's this very like poignant scene um near the start where sita and her 
husband sleep together for the first time. Yes. And it, it kind of just shows the position of women in this, like, in the status quo of this mm-hmm. film, right? Because they sleep together, it's super loveless, it's passionless, it's awful. It's, it's all for basically, him, yeah. it's just super mechanic. Yeah. And then he's like on his side already falling asleep. She comes back in with a sponge to try and scrub the bed clean and she's just so like trying like considerate to not wake him up yeah and it's just it says so much about this dynamic between so men and, and women and this like arranged marriage situation of you know it's all you have to get married and you have to have kids yeah. together but the love lies somewhere else for him that lies with his mistress for her it will be with Rada yeah which you know I don't I don't want to criticize like culture or arranged marriage or anything like that's that's fine but when you can quite clearly see that she is so unsatisfied and yeah. wants something else and that that's a, obviously we're, we're talking within the context of her being queer or like at least being in love with Rada they don't she literally says as well there isn't a word in our language that describes how we feel. So it's all very much done on feeling and connection and emotion, which is sometimes like, I know people love labels always help and find a sense of community, but in this situation when when you just don't know what's going on, like to just, it's so powerful to just be like, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I know that we love each other. It's like stripped down to its purest form. Exactly, yeah. It's, That's it's like expression through like physical body and, yeah. and all that instead of like words. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, oh, it is, a, it is a, so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think as well, when Radha and Sita start looking for ways to escape. Well, that's the word they use. They want to escape mm-hmm. their marriages, which, again, shows that they are not happy at all. The theme... like There's a motif of stories in relation to temptation as well. So, um, like, moral stories, like the trial of fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, temptation shows that you're not close to God and you need to be close to God and not be tempted. And fear of shame and its consequences as well, all within connection to the to fire, mm-hmm. which is obviously why the film is called Fire. But it all builds up to that final scene where there is a fire and Radha catches fire, like her sari catches on fire, and her husband just obviously what happens is her husband catches them having sex, so then they need to run away. But Rada's like, I just, you know, she still fa- she still has this fondness for her husband, so she she wants to talk to him one final time, and you know, set it all set it all straight and everything. Um, but she catches fire, and he just looks at her. He doesn't help her. He just stands there and watches her, like he wants, like almost as if he wants her to burn because he, he of her like fire, lust. Yeah. yeah, it's the trial of fire again, yeah. like, and the motif like keeps circling back round. Because the idea is, if you come out of it unscathed that's not how you pronounce that if you come out of it unscathed that yeah. means that you are right with your desire and yeah. you're in balance with your desire if you burn to ash that means that you've succumbed to your desire that's it yeah and um, he, I guess he just wants to see like what happens he wants her to go through the trial and see yeah and yeah. what happens I was convinced she was dead this is major spoilers by the way it's be- so you know why you think that because every other lesbian character in every other film and TV dies. show dies and you Look, think oh she's gonna die and it's gonna be sad I wrote in my little notebook 
oh my god, another Kill Your Gaze. I yeah. can't believe mm-hmm. it. This film was so good up until now. Yeah. But then. I thought exactly the same thing as well, Joyce. I literally was like, this is a, this is a trope here too. In Indian cinema, they're going to kill off a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Did they? What happened? <laughs> she survives she the survives. freaking trial of fire and goes to be with Sita. And it's, a, it's an ambiguous ending. But it's not sad and depressing. It's hopeful. Honestly. It's hopeful. And that is fantastic because it's not bury your gaze. It's not let's punish queer characters. It's they've part they've got through the trial of fire. Now what? Yeah. And that's hopeful. And they end in an embrace and the camera pans away. And it's it's at night, it's beautiful. It's, it's really beautiful. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What did you want to happen after that? After the film ends, like they just run off into the sunset. Yeah, <laughs> they start their little. What did they want? Like a takeaway together. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. It's, a, it's just so wonderful. Yeah. I I couldn't believe it. I this film is from 1996. It's from India. Even in 1996, in the West, lesbians were dying on screen. Exactly. But here, they actually have a hopeful ending. That's why it's so bold. Like, and sex scenes and yeah. nudity. Yeah. And like. A kissing, intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's all there. That's it's insane. so bold, isn't it? Like they knew what they were doing. Like all of the everything's there. Final thoughts on fire. Loved it. Yeah. So good. I think it's probably my favourite. Out of the four, yeah. Yeah. Out of the four we're gonna talk about today, I think it's my favourite, just because of the time that it was made and how bloody bold it is. Yeah. It's just so... I keep saying the word bold, but it's just so amazing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it has, in my opinion, the the best ending because it's the most realistic and also it's a, yeah. it's a good ending. Because, yeah, you know, we'll talk about this later, but um, in the other film about two women, the ending is also really good. But it's, like, a bit too it's good. It's Bollywood. It's too yeah. good to be true. Yeah. Type stuff. This is the thing as well with, with um, queer Indian cinema is that... Um, and in like you've obviously fire is it's like a, a small film but other films that we're going to talk about are more bollywood and more in the mainstream and it's interesting how it moves into the mainstream kind of what they do to represent gay relationships mm-hmm. but yeah with with fire there's there's just no holding back and that's why it had such positive and negative criticism in india just because it is just so out there with what what it's doing it's amazing yeah Five out of five for fire. Absolutely. <laughs> We've never done a star rating on on the pod. Oh, yeah. It's not really a thing <laughs> that we do, but if I had to rate it, five out of five. Yeah. It's probably one of the best films I've ever seen. I love that. And you wrote your diss on it, so that's great. I did. It was chapter one of my diss. Hi. Yeah. Also, in my, my dissertation cover photo was the two of them uh, in a little hug. I love that so much. <laughs> I just love them together. Oh. They're so sweet because I just feel like Sita is so extroverted and confident in herself and her gender expression and her and her sexuality eventually. Mm-hmm. But Radha is so like quiet and domestic and but like secretly like so affectionate and I just love them together. It's just so sweet. Oh my god, I want to rewatch Fire right now. <laughs> oh my god, you should. I didn't have time to before we recorded, but I am absolutely in love with it. 
So the second film we're going to talk about is um, My Brother Nikhil. How, how would you pronounce that? Nikhil? I'd say Nikhil. Nikhil. Directed by... Um, or Onir? Oh, Onir, yeah. Onir is a really um, well-known and famous Indian uh, director and filmmaker. All right, thank you for the context. <laughs> You're welcome. You know these things, I really don't. <laughs> um, yeah, so made in 2005. So we're jumping forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the main difference here is that the protagonist is male. So my brother Nikhil is kind of a retelling about Nikhil's life by his family members that survived him after he died of AIDS. So um, yeah, it's, it's, so Nikhil is a state swimming champion basically, and then um, you know his dad is very proud of him because he became the sportsman that he always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a sister who is super supportive amazing I know woman. yeah absolutely amazing and then um, Nikhil gets diagnosed with HIV and everyone finds out about it before he even um, yeah. makes his peace with it um, before his family even finds out and he becomes alienated from his entire life almost right away so he has to give up his swimming um he, all his friends, all his city basically abandons him. Um, yeah, because he's the only one. He's in in Goa. He's mm-hmm. patient zero. Yeah, that's right. Um, once again, the West is blamed. So yeah, once again, it, it's like this Western influence coming into yeah. um, India. Um, but yeah, his sister sticks by him. And then we also find out that he has a boyfriend. Um, yeah, Nigel. Yeah, Nigel. Um, but it, it's never revealed how he got... HIV positive could be so many things and they're really trying to convey that in this film as well um, Nigel never tested positive his boyfriend mm-hmm. so um, but yeah it's it's a lot about family and reconciling um, these yeah homosexuality his diagnosis mm-hmm. um, what it all means how it looks um, a lot of legal fighting um, yeah yeah, so it, it's set in the 90s, isn't it? It's, it's it's kind of like the early 90s, so still within the quote-unquote AIDS crisis, yeah. um, where obviously it had come to, come to India, and it was kind of in that stage where no one quite knew what it was mm-hmm. when he was getting diagnosed. He There was something wrong with him, but they didn't know what, but they knew it was bad, and they knew it was, you know, probably... Well, they knew it was HIV without using the word because of the stigma that he faced. It's actually based on a true story. I think that makes it 10 times harder. It's based on the real life of Dominic de Souza, um, who was an Indian AIDS activist and was also Goa's patient zero. So the first person to test HIV positive in Goa. And he worked for the WWF. Um, he also set up the charity that they talk about in, in the film. Um, which I'm trying to find the name positive of. Positive people, I think. People positive, oh, people yeah. Positive. Um, so De Selza founded that a few weeks before he passed away. Um, so they cover that in the film as well. Um, it's very sad. Oh, heartbreaking. It's very, very sad. Um, it's not an easy watch because obviously you, you see the stigma that he faces. That obviously all all films like this really, really tug at my heartstrings but I think just the added layer of 
homosexuality being illegal in India at the time just kind of makes it even worse. There's a there's a disclaimer at the beginning beginning of the film. So they had to say it's the same with another film that we're going to talk about. They had to do a disclaimer at the beginning saying you know when it's like this oh. film is like any similarities to any person living or dead is coincidental. Yeah. They had to do that. Onia said that was a compromise with the Indian government to in order for the film to be made and released. Crazy. Because obviously it's based on a real person and they had to say that's a coincidence. But now obviously they've come out and said, you know, Nikhil's character is based on Dominic as a person, mm-hmm. which is an inter- another interesting layer that they have to come out and be because there's another there's another film we're going to be talking about Aligarh who's based on a real man. And again, they had to do the same thing. This is, you know, they had to say similarities to real real people is is a coincidence. Yeah. Which I mean... I was wondering why they said that at the start of the film. So I was like... Yeah, because it's based on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same with both of them. It's it's so that the Indian government didn't ban the film. Mad. So people could see it. Yeah. Um, and understand these issues. I think the, the whole family dynamic in My Brother Nikhil is so beautiful the fact how they're reminiscing on his life it it feels so real it feels like we're watching a documentary in a way yes and just the support from his sister anu is is unwavering like of his parents have difficulties with it and they reconcile that in their own ways but anu always sticks by him and and her and her partner sam they always stick by him and there's no question, of course we're going to support you, of course we're going to help you. Because um, what happens is he, at that point, it was legal for HIV positive patients. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. ...to be detained in isolation, which is so inhumane, but so they were campaigning for him to be released because it's basically a prison. They yeah. did that in the UK too, mm-hmm. in the eighties, which it's a sin. Obviously, goes into yeah, amazing horrible. series, but horrible. Yeah, I think the scene that really stands out for me, like just to, in terms of understanding the stigma, is when he's like the his swim coach basically says it'd be better if you just kind of stopped. And he was like, but I'm, he just won a championship. He was like, I'm the top of my game. Like, why are you doing that? Like, please let me swim. And he jumps in the pool and all of the other swimmers immediately get out of the pool, immediately. And he's just in the middle of the pool, like looking around, like what, what's going on? 
and it's just like it's got wrenching like it hits you it's right so in the stomach it's so gut wrenching and you're like oh my god it it just really conveys that fear around um hiv back then mm-hmm. because no one knew what it was and like how how bad it was and how it was transferred and it was all associated with you know homosexuality yeah i thought it was a, a gay disease which is obviously not true. we know a lot more now <laughs> and it's not true but people thought you could catch it by just being in the same vicinity yeah, the, I mean, even the, the the scenes where he's locked up in a sanatorium, horrible. Like, he talks about mm-hmm. the doctors only touching him with the gloves and yeah. just people being scared of him and, like, don't want to be near him. And it must be so isolating, especially when you're already ill, yeah. to have, like, everyone just be disgusted by you. And it's being horrible. completely alienated from Not only, everything you've yeah. ever known. Not only disgusted by your HIV status, but also disgusted because, you know, what he's gay. Yeah. And we don't even we don't know if he's gay. He doesn't come out and I don't I'm think pretty he, sure he's gay. Well, and what I <laughs> yes, but what I mean is he never comes out and says he's gay. No, that's from true. what I can remember. We know he's got a, a boyfriend. Yeah, but we don't know who he's been with before. That's and we true. don't know. We don't know how he identifies himself. Yeah. Um, Dominic D'Souza was obviously a gay man. I think the thing that gets me within within all of this is that he just says, you know, no one, that is what you said before, but no one is telling me anything clearly. Yeah. It's like he just doesn't know what's going on and he's scared and he's on his own and no one else can tell him what it's like. and Which is why his sister's support is so powerful. So big. Because what, what, ha- what happens is his father, who's always been proud of him, is so ashamed and so scared that he gets kicked out of the house i mean his parents move away to a different city they move to they move to bombay mumbai because yeah they just can't deal with the way their reputation has been hit by their son Mm -hmm. um being hiv positive i think what's interesting as well is that obviously you get that and then you get the the modern day uh obviously they're being filmed for a camera crew and they talk about the regrets about how they treated him because obviously mm-hmm. it shows the ignorance and how they didn't know anything they didn't know any better about being gay or HIV and um, they now talk about how they'd wish they treated him better and that's really hard because obviously their ignorance kind of ruined the end of like you know their relationship with him and and they do reconcile a little bit yeah I mean, that's hard in the the present time bits that they're t- where they're reminiscing about their son the father still has a lot of issues with acknowledging yeah. who his son really was like there's this mm-hmm. bit where um i think the film is, is talking about the relationship he had with his boyfriend and the father kind of says um don't say these things like he can't soil his name after death mm-hmm. he had many girlfriends it's kind yeah. of like he still can't like accept that part of his son even after all of that yeah um, it's hard isn't it especially because obviously he didn't know that side of his son either really very um, true for a long time until the very end so I guess it must be hard for him to try and reconcile it and like you can see that they do like after his death they are trying to make an effort like they re- the scenes with Nigel where they you know they call him son and they they accept him as their son mm-hmm. now because obviously Nigel lives on his own he doesn't have parents near him and um they yeah they kind of they treat him like a son and it's kind of like making up for how badly they treated Nikhil which is 
so painful. Painful, but it shows that they're willing to better themselves. Yeah. Because their ignorance is is really, really, it's really sad to watch. And they, you know, they, they, they say that they're called the tainted family. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think his dad says at one point that they drove him to his death. Like, with their mm. um, lack of care. Or, yeah. like, whatever. Oh, with, their, really with the way they abandoned him and all of that. Mm. Very, very sad. I think the whole thing with him being treated like a criminal rather than a sick patient. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not well. And he's being criminalised. And everyone's speculating about who he's been with and yeah and asking him very direct questions yeah yeah very yeah. personal questions which is horrible you would never you would never do that but back then it was kind of if you had hiv or aids then that was kind of yeah well, you somehow you had permission to do that and it's like so yeah. wrong and um i think as well what you were saying before about um obviously they don't say how nikhil gets hiv mm-hmm that's kind of a thing towards the end of the film that that um anu says you know it's not important it's not it's not important how he was infected it's important how he's treated and how like the education and awareness and and that kind of thing i think that was really important because as we were saying like people really really focus on the ins and outs of it and like how how he got it and who he's been with but actually like it doesn't matter like he's unwell like he just needs to be cared for and exactly like this film is very aware so aware Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think as a film it's really good because it's um it shows him being treated as a criminal but the film itself doesn't treat him like a criminal yeah um it gives a voice to a lot of people that are not him Mm -hmm. but it also okay yeah this is maybe this is like an argument you could say um an argument of criticism but everyone gets a voice but him really yeah. Because he's dead when everyone gets their voice. Yeah. But the voices that do speak about him are very important because they really they appreciate him as a person and also detached from his disease. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the injustice and all of that. So yeah. I think he is given a voice by other people that is very respectful of him. Definitely. Um, because obviously, you know, he can't have a voice, he's dead. So, you know, there's a balance there. But then again, you know, when, when we see the scenes from the past, he's shown us so much more than just an, an HIV patient. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, his music and his passion for... And painting um, as well. Painting. He gets back into painting. His and creativity. Exp- yeah. His, expressing his artistic side. Exactly. His, his um, swimming, his sports. Mm, there's a real focus on waves in the film as well, which is like oh, yeah. waves of memories, but also like the that song, actual waves on the beach. Obsessed with it. Oh my god, it's beautiful. It made me cry. I know, me too. Every time it came yeah. out, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Love um, it. Yeah, um, and his, his relationship with his boyfriend, it's it's so like real and endearing. Like this, yeah. is, this is part where <laughs> his boyfriend is like giving him. For kissing Lena, but Lena kissed him. He was like, she forced herself onto me. Yeah. He was like, just just joking around about this mm-hmm. girl that kissed him, even though they they're like in this relationship. I think it is a really nice legacy to Nikhil and also to Dominic, obviously, who actually lived in real life and set up people positive and yeah, because he lost his job, you know, and yeah, lost his career and basically lost everything. 
and it just shows the st- it just shows the stigma and I really enjoyed this one it was really good heartbreaking really sad but heartwarming heartwarming yeah exactly yeah and you know it's it's really nice seeing how people would just stick with someone like that Mm -hmm. like his sister there was no question was it she was just like yeah "Yeah, of course I have to support you so the next film should we move on to the next film Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the next film which is Aligar we alluded to it a little bit uh, because it is based on a true story so I will give a little synopsis because Joyce you've been fantastic with the little summaries trying to get better practicing every morning in the mirror (laughs) I tell myself a little synopsis this film is about this it's based on this blah 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 Um, (laughs) so directed by Hansel Mehta um, released in India in 2016. Aligarh is based on uh, a real-life professor of languages, uh, Dr. Ramchandra Siras, who um, lived and worked at a university in Aligarh. And basically, what happens is he gets caught in his private bedroom in his own house, his own apartment. So the film starts by saying that he's having sex with a man. And um, it gets leaked to the press. And basically because... Okay, so what happens is these two reporters for a TV company, TV production company, break into his apartment and film him with this man. Which, first of all, there's a lot of ethical dilemmas about that. But anyway, um, so it gets leaked to all of the press and the newspapers. And then this journalist... Uh, played by Rajkumar Rao who is a very famous Bollywood actor he um, is also in a film that we're going to talk about after this (laughs) crazy no spoilers Um, so the journalist obviously seeks out to cover the story and then him and Siras they have a special bond and you know they become really good friends and yeah that's that's the story that's that's how it goes again based on real life events but it has a disclaimer at the beginning saying any similarities living or dead coincidental all that stuff um so i sense a theme (laughs) um so this is really interesting because it comes out in 2016 again when homosexuality is illegal because remember 2009 legalized 2013 criminalized again and the film talks about this because the film is set in 2010 so just after it's legalised and there's still a huge debate because obviously you change the law you don't necessarily change the social opinion Siras ends up suing going to court and he's being represented by a lawyer and it's very interesting how the debate of homosexuality and what people do in the privacy of their own homes is is debated so much in, in, in court and throughout the film what did you think about this one? um well, it's really frustrating uh, yeah. for a lot of reasons. Um, obviously, from the university standpoint, the arguments they make make me want to crawl out of my skin. Honestly, it's so frustrating watching it. Like, just let him be yeah. gay. Like, he was Honestly, in his house. He was in his house. It's such an invasion of privacy, isn't it? I like this one. I wouldn't say it's a standout one, but um, mm-hmm. I I like the relationship they built between the two of them. Yeah. Um, the journalist. Do, do you know his character's name? Deepu. 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 So, um, Deepu, as a journalist, he's very invested in the story, um, 
And he's very... What I love about this is that he's so... He, he doesn't care that the man is gay. Mm-hmm. He's very respectful. At oh. the start of the film, he even says, you know, this is not a sex scandal. This is a human rights issue. Yes, which is so important that the film is grounded with that. Yes, exactly. It's amazing. Like, the film establishes from the, the, the get-go mm-hmm. that the university is in a wrong and that these cameramen that... Yeah. Obviously, it's on the side of um, the professor and, and Deepu. He literally says as well, people have been unfair to you. Because he's being victimised, literally because he's gay. Yeah. And, you know, these men invaded his home. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's revealed later just who was there. And, and, and um, He was set up, basically. You know? Yeah, it was a sting operation, basically, which yeah. is just so messed up. Trying to catch him out, trying to get him fired because he's yeah. a university professor. And because um, he got promoted as a minority, so the other professors are jealous of him. Yeah, he because he te- he he's in Aligarh is he's teaching in an Urdu speaking community, but he teaches Marathi. Um, I'm sorry if my pronunciation is bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he's a minority within a minority, and and he's unmarried, which he also considers yeah. a minority. Well, he is married, but he's not. He doesn't live with his wife because they talk about they talk about that because he gets kicked out of his accommodation because his landlord says. Oh, I thought that was he was lying. No, so he does have a wife, but they're se- they've been separated for a long time. Oh. So that's how he got his accommodation, because it was like he said, you know, families only. And he was like, well, I've always lived here on my own, and you've never said anything before. Mm-hmm. But now you know I'm gay, you're kicking me out. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, their relationship is beautiful, because Deepu is always on his side, and he yeah. he, he's not, he doesn't question him at all. He doesn't question his homosexuality. He's not scared to get close to him. No, because um, I mean, he doesn't feel threatened. I think that's exactly. really important that he's... You know, this, these two men are so self-assured in themselves. Like, it's just... It's a friendship. Exactly. And that's nice. Like, he needs an ally. And it shows the yeah. importance of allyship as well. Of that's even it. his lawyer, Siras's lawyer, fighting for him in court. Mm-hmm. It shows the importance, you know, when, when a person in a majority stands up for someone in a minority. It's important. It kind of makes me think of the film we talked about last month, Victim. Yes. Is that the name of the film? Yeah, the one with Dirk Bogard. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's also this like thing of the, the gay person, it's clear that the gay person is the victim. Yeah. Even though a lot of other people, other characters in the film are saying that he's the perpetrator and mm-hmm. the, the pervert and mm-hmm. all of that. But the film itself shows the victim as an actual victim. I agree. And that's great. It's so good. It's Love so important. That. Yeah. So important because... The you know they do encounter a, a violence, um, uh, Siras and his partner Irfan, mm-hmm. um, the guy that he's seeing, and it's so humiliating for both of them. It's so degrading the way they're treated, yeah. And like this idea of a lack of dignity and that they're being morally policed because it's not illegal at this point. We're in 2010. Yeah. So we're in that brief window where it's not illegal. It's it's legal to practice practice homosexual acts like and they're in the privacy of his own home. That's it. So it's such an invasion. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean the yeah. the lawyer that's um the the university's lawyer makes keeps making this point like it might be legal, but it's the university's moral code mm-hmm. that's still against it. Um, the university has to uphold its standards. Uh, you wouldn't want to let a man like that with your children. 
um, he's living on university grounds and university accommodation. Yeah. All these like arguments that have no real like weight to them. Yeah. Like, why is that the university standard if it's legal nationwide? Exactly. Then why would that um, interfere with your moral code? Yeah, because it's not, it's not like it's a place of religion. No, and he's not having sex with a man in the classroom. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's different. It's, well, <laughs> yeah, not, obviously. Well, no, no, that's the thing. Like, that would be a whole different matter. But he's, he's in the... He's in his home. Yeah, exactly. He's behind closed doors. Like, Yeah. Anyway. When he was set up, they knew it was going to happen. They barged in there with a camera, mm-hmm. filmed him, and then four other professors came in. You yeah. Know? It was all planned out. So, obviously... It's malice and um, yeah. kind of exploiting his sexuality to reach their purposes. Yeah, and I think as well, it just it all makes Siras just feel so shamed and sad for who he is. Yeah, and that's that's gut wrenching. I know. It's so so horrible. Like. You know, and he writes these beautiful poems in lots of different languages. And, and he says, how can someone explain my feelings for me in three letters? Mm-hmm. Like, how can someone pigeonhole him and I persecute him so much just because of a three-letter word? I know. And and he has a hard time taking on that word for himself. Like, he's yeah. asked multiple times if he's gay. And he's like, gay? No, I don't. I don't. That, 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 these three letters can't describe all these feelings I have. It, which shows how victimised he's been. Mm-hmm. That he's so like he doesn't even want to identify as anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It also reminds me of um, in Edlaki. Ekla- this is so hard for me. In Eklatki, there is um, a scene where one of the characters says that someone should be able to marry who they want, regardless of class or caste or religion mm-hmm. or gender. Um, and if it, it kind of this film kind of also talks about this because the affair that he's having like affair the sexual relationship he has with the other man um it's, it's he's from a different class or from different classes yes he's like a middle class professor mm-hmm. working at a university and then his partner is a rickshaw puller yeah um so very different and and the the lawyer the university's lawyer also mentions this she's like why are you involved with a man of different class that's not right and you're 64 how do you even like still have sex at that age how do you exert yourself like that yeah it just writes him off as like a middle-aged pervert yes exactly exactly which is not the case no and it's if love can transcend gender which this film like tries to show Mm -hmm. then it should also be able to transcend class there's such like minor things in the big scope of it and i feel like this film does address that a little bit um, a lot of it in like a like implied way, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, still. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's yeah, it's a very it's a very outspoken film for its for its time. Mm. Because yeah, because obviously the film grounds itself in at the time that this happened, it was legal. But it ends the film with saying, you know, it's been recriminalized, mm-hmm. and this film, you know, the film is coming out at a time where it's illegal yeah. to, to do these acts. So it's interesting for a, a viewer to kind of look at it in that context, watching it when it's illegal, but it was legal at that point, and it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite a complicated history. So it must be really challenging for a viewer to try and in India to try and reconcile a lot 
of the content yeah. I feel like very true um, I mean I honestly I feel like this is kind of the Indian version of victim like it, it, there's yeah. so much resemblance victim was right before it was legalized yeah. making all these arguments um, and this film kind of does the same even though it was legal then obviously it got yeah. recriminalized right after which is awful mm, yeah but Definitely. it's kind of like making the statement of these are the reasons why it's stupid to even think that this should be illegal. Definitely. Um, so it does make a strong case for that. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Um, and towards the end of the film as well, because obviously what ends up happening is Siras wins his case. Woohoo! But he doesn't feel like there's justice that's been done. There's still a sadness. Yeah. Um, and even though because the film shows protests and queer people celebrating on the streets as 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 they did when this trial happened in real life like it was a real step forward for for queer rights but it's as though Cyrus has like the foresight of taking you know every time you take a step forward it seems as though society is taking a step back with with queer rights and stuff and there is still a melancholy to him um it's very honest it's very open. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, very sad. Yes, I couldn't believe the ending. I wasn't expecting that. The ending is very... It's not... I wouldn't use the word... The film is very frustrating in terms of what happens. But mm-hmm. I think the ending is just... It's just sad. You just... The, the injustice of it all. Yeah. Literally. Um, so... And Deepu feels that as well. You, how he reacts to everything yeah. at, at the end. You, he, you just... He like, really feels that sense of wrong, yeah, wrongdoing. He's like, I-, I wish he would have told me. I was just talking to him. Yeah. Like, he's... He, I think he feels a bit of guilt as well about it, even though, you know, he's done literally everything he can. Yeah, um, definitely. But, so, yeah. Um, what's his name? Who? Siras. 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 Yeah. He, That's his surname, anyway. But. Yeah. So he dies, which is very sad. Um... And I wanted to bring this up as well. We still have a film to discuss about two women. But um, the four films that we've discussed here, the films with the women have good endings and Mm. they survive. And then the films with the men, they die. The gay characters. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when I picked the films for the podcast, that was not my intention. No, but it's, it's crazy. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, like we talked about last week, like homosexuality was criminalized, but only for men. Yeah. Because... Women, God, we don't care about women. It's kind it's of so giving, irrelevant. Like, yeah, lesbian isn't even isn't even there isn't is even no, given the satisfaction in the law. There is no word for lesbian in India. That's they they make this point in multiple films. I just wanted to you know um, bring up as well that in um, Ek Latki, see, si, si, no wait, sweetie, sweetie. There there is not even a word for lesbian in our language. Like, it's such a foreign concept. And Sita says that in fire as well. Yeah, there you go. There there is no language. Um, So I feel like there's always been a difference, especially historically, between gay men and gay women. Yeah. That gay women just weren't recognized and gay men were hate crimed. Yeah. Like, basically. um, Or criminalized, at least. Yeah. So Up to 10 years in prison in India. Oh, God. Literally that. So, and you see that here with these four films we're discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, the men have, like, life or death repercussions to their actions, yeah. basically. The women don't. Um, 
they these just two films you yeah. picked happen to have happy endings. Obviously, that's not a general no, thing no. in lesbian cinema. No, but, but there, there aren't many lesbian Indian films. Well, so there are some that are set in the UK, made by mm-hmm. Indian filmmakers. Yeah. Um, obviously, the ones we discussed at the beginning. And they do have happy endings. It in just, the West, though. It just really seems... It really conveys that the concept of women being able to love, and mm-hmm. lo- especially loving each other, is so unheard of. Like they yeah. are, like you said earlier, vessels for their husbands. Yeah, and if they break the domestic order, then that's shocking. But it's shocking. not like a death sentence. Like it's kind of like women have no agency, so why would they love each other? That's crazy. Yeah, like, that's why the concept just doesn't exist. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, shocking, shocking. So, the last film we're going to talk about is a 2019 film. So we've gone on quite a trajectory trajectory i really struggle with that word i don't know about you trajectory it's hard isn't it Mm -hmm. there's lots of things going on yeah you did better (laughs) we've gone on a journey (laughs) um from all of that so homosexuality again was legalized in india in 2018 so far so good ever since Mm -hmm. but this film came out at the start of 2019 and it's called edlarki kodeka to isalaga but we're going to refer to it as Ed Ladke for short. Um, which translates... It's a Hindi language film. It translates to how I felt when I saw that girl. Which, I mean, come on. So cute! So cute! Um, so it was directed by Shelley Chopradar, who is a great director. And it was um, arguably the first representation of a female same-sex relationship in a mainstream Bollywood film. So we're in the mainstream now, guys. Hell yeah. Here we are. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Rajkumar Rao is in this uh, film again. He played Deepu in Aligarh. And now he plays Sahil in Eladki. And also Juhi Chawa, is that her name? The woman that played the sister, Am- Anu, in My Brother Nikhil, is also in this film. Uh, has a little role, which is great. Because we love actors supporting queer cinema so Edladki is a really fun film it's very Bollywood it's very musical there's singing there's dancing um, and the opening scenes it's uh, it's a wedding so it's very there's a lot of yeah a lot of Indian pride a lot of, a lot of fun it's very it's very nice um, and so the film itself situates Sweetie who is she's hiding a secret from her family um, and she's decided to marry Balbir Chowdhury, uh, a writer, to please her father um, and get married. Um, but then chaos, <laughs> this little summary says, however, chaos ensues when she decides to fight her family and society to win her love. Mm-hmm. So it's not like explicitly like this film is lesbian, um, but you know. We don't find out until halfway through the film. Yeah, this is the thing. The film is brilliant. It's so clever because it lulls you. you have to be, oh, you've got these famous Indian Bollywood stars. Anil Kapoor, Rajkumar Rao, as we said. Um, Juhi Chawa, Sonam Kapoor. Um, really um, well-known actors in Indian cinema. And, you know, you think it's about family. The main character, another main character, Sahil, is... He meets Sweetie and, you know, tries to win her love. Like, you know, they're getting closer. It's lulling you into a false sense of security. Then halfway through the film, Sweetie goes, psych, 
I've been in a love. I've been in a love. <laughs> I've been in love with a woman this entire time. The crazy thing is, yeah, um, the whole time that we everyone thinks that her secret love is a Muslim boy, and this is why it can't be. And that's why it's so shocking because they're, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Not they're Muslim. a Hindi family, mm-hmm. and um, her father is like, you know, it's too. Co- I just want the best for you. It would be way too complicated if you married a Muslim boy. It can't mm-hmm. be, it can't be, it can't be. Um, but what they don't know is that her brother is covering for her. He basically told them it's a Muslim boy, but he knows it's a girl. And he's being really mean. Oh, he's uh, an awful it's person. It's Babalu. Honestly, he's so mean to Sweetie about it. He's like, it's unnatural. Um, yeah. He chases her across the Indian metro. He's and violent. S- which is how Sahil, like, Sahil meets, because he's writing a play, mm-hmm. and she, like, sneaks into the state, like, the auditorium. To hide. To hide <laughs> from her brother, who's chasing her. Yeah. And then they get on the train, and it's, like, really intense, and you think, oh, this is the start of a romance. But no, Sweetie's gay. Sweetie's a gay. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think that shows the threat of, of being gay, I think, obviously, because... The film is set up really tradition traditionally. You know, there's a wedding at the start. There's a promise, you know, um, of studying in London with the with this guy she meets. He says, you know, my family moving to London. You could come with us. And she's like, oh, that sounds really exciting. I would love to do that because you know she could live how she wanted. Really? Yeah, she could study. She could, yeah, live more freely. Kiss women. Kiss women. Because <laughs> that's it. So she's in love with Kuhu, who does live in England. Mm-hmm. Who returns to Delhi to Delhi yeah and she doesn't want her to come sweetie to conform to the traditional female role which Bablu her brother does he's very much policing her he doesn't want her to run away to London um they literally lock her up yeah he, her phone he really threatens her yeah um says will be the shame of the town um, when he finds out, I think he reads her diary or something. There's something that goes on. Well, he ca- he catches her hugging Kuhu. <gasps> as Shocking. if that's a declaration of lesbianism. Okay. Well, you know, that's that's how it works, right? I think as well, there's a really powerful bit where Sweetie becomes... So she she comes out to Sahil in, in her bedroom and he's really surprised because, you know, the whole film... We're not, you know, we'd we'd be surprised too. Yeah, the whole film. Yeah, you think, yeah, you think there's a growing romance. He thinks there's a growing romance, Mm -hmm. and then she comes out. She says, "I'm in love with a woman. Mm -hmm. We're secretly together." And suddenly, the whole plot shifts Mm -hmm. on this realization. And she's so overcome with emotion. She says, "Why is loving a guy the only option?" Yes. Well, but this is the thing. It takes her an hour to get it out. She tries so many times. I think there's like three occasions where she tries to yeah. speak and she gets silenced by men. And Sahil is it's drunk just... as well when when, when uh, mm. she finally tells that's him. That's the only reason she gets it out in the end. But yeah. she just she's not allowed to speak. She has no voice in the film up until then. Yeah. No one allows her to say what she wants, what she what's on her mind. And then the whole rest of the film, she then starts to take agency over yeah, herself. Exactly. She takes ownership. And Sahil helps her to do this yeah. because he thinks, I finally got my idea for a play. And the play is Ed Ladke, Kodakata Isalaga. Yeah. And all of the family get involved and they think, oh, what's this play? They don't realise it's Sweetie and Kuhu's relationship it's at the centre. It's a little bit gay. It's a little bit gay. So it, there's there's really comedic moments about about all of this, um, and but then also, so when it gets to the play and they're showing the play for the first time, there's a lot of anger. Some people walk out 
of the auditorium of in shock. And some mm. people... A lot of men. Yeah, a lot of men walk out, but then a lot of women are really touched by the story. But it's such an expression of, like, female, like, emotion. Yeah. Some of them, even if they're not gay, they find it really moving. Or they, you know, they see themselves And there's this represented. little girl who's just, like in awe of what she's seeing and yeah. like tearing up that's a really key, that's a really key thing in the thing in in, in it as well because sweetie says you know i you know i want to do this you know if anyone else can relate to me and there is such a thing in the film about how young people could look at it and feel less alone mm-hmm. which is so true with queer film in any country mm-hmm. if you see representation we've talked about this before mm-hmm. if you see representation on screen and identify with it you know you feel less alone you feel less scary and alien or whatever yeah and it's so nice that that film this film does that mm-hmm. what did you think about the whole theater scene i loved it it's so cute it's right so like and there's like music and drums and it's just so out there so eccentric it's so I bollywood love it. I love, so yeah. Bollywood, yeah so good it's just it's just fun mm-hmm. and like especially well yeah because this whole thing is very serious like they're putting on this play about two women in love in like this small town in India. Yeah. But it, it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. It's not like this drama, um, painful. It's just fun. Yeah, totally. But it just happens to be two women. Yeah. It's so good. It's amazing. Oh. I think when it first happens, when they're doing a rehearsal, Babalu tries to sabotage, obviously, out of fear that she's going to expose herself. Mm-hmm. And when she does come out, her dad is really ashamed. And it's amazing acting by Anil Kapoor. Yeah, such a powerful performance. And she says, you know, this is my normal. And she, you know, she craved just... That, I did write that thing in my notes about young girls in the audience, the future. Mm-hmm. They are the future. This play creates a space for them. Yeah. Because Sweetie was like, I just craved one word of understanding. But now she's given that to the next generation. Yeah. And that's really powerful. Emotional damage. I It's beautiful. want to point something out about the ending of the film that I think is a great way to like end our discussion of these films. Yeah. Um, so her dad comes around, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very like happy ending and like, you know, it's all very sappy and fun. But her dad comes around and he I think he has this whole like flashback moment of his daughter growing up and how much he loves her, you know, and he reads her diary and sees how alienated she's felt for years yeah. and years. So he comes around, <clears throat> he goes to the play and he basically tells his daughter um, that he loves her and he accepts her and he says, this is not an influence of Western culture. Yes. This is nature. This, yeah. Nature made her this way. Nature, love is love and nature makes people a certain way yeah and it's so it's such a full circle moment because 100 all these films it's about gayness is western influence um there's no language for it and then here this father comes around for his daughter and says you know it's just nature it has nothing to do with the west yeah that's so important i'm so glad you brought that up because it's literally like he literally says like it's not western influence mm-hmm. like you don't need to run away to london you don't need to escape to the west because the west is it's shown in cinema as like this queer utopia. Yeah. And it just, it's actually like, no, actually, you can exist and be queer in South Asia, like it, in India. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You can be yourself. And that's so great. Like, they're kind of reclaiming the narrative in their home country and, you know, yeah. where they're from. And that's really important because it, it's a journey throughout the film as well. Like, we would, 
um, before we started recording, we were talking about the Gurdwara scene between Sweetie and Sahil. Like mm-hmm. when they're at, when they're at the temple and she talks about her first crush on a girl when back when they were at school and talk, writing in her diary and uh, people didn't understand and she didn't fit in and she was saying, why did you make me like this, God? You you find out why she wants to run away to London is because Kuhu's in London. And yeah, it's... She says, either I escape from Moga, the town, or I escape everything. She learns that her choices aren't limited like they would have been before. Like in Fire, you know, they're very trapped in the domestic and the town that they're in. But actually, we've got to a point where options are open to her. And it's yes. really nice. And in, in the play as well, they talk about how gay people have challenged Indri- Indian tradition and corrupted by the West to make the point that actually it's not about it's not about that Western influence. It's about two people who yes. love each other. And exactly. It's, and it, it shows the journey that like these films have taken us on. Beautiful. Flawless. Loved mm. it. Do you have a favourite film out of the four that we've talked about? I would definitely say Fire. Fire, really? It's just such a good film. How come? Because of how, like, monumental it is. Yeah, that, but also just the story between these women is very powerful and it's very, like, sweet and gentle and, like, intimate. And it's... I didn't really like the film. I know it's a trilogy, right? It's Water, Earth and Fire. Yes! I want to watch the other two as well. Me too, yeah, Mm. definitely. Anywho, I actually really just liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I was going to say Fire as well was my favourite, but actually talking about Ed Ladkey, I actually really want to rewatch it again. Oh, it's Because it I really love fun. it. It's just fun. Yeah, it's fun. Mm. It's positive. It's uplifting. There's no, like... It's very Bollywood, so there's no, like, major crisis. Like, no one catches on fire or, like... <laughs> that like, reminds me no... of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, by the way, when she catches fire. I was like... <gasps> yes. See, there's so many motifs in like, French cinema. gaze. My French gaze. Silence. <laughs> 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 Salad. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts? Well, it's basically what you just said. I love the evolution that we just yeah. kind of traced. Um, it's amazing. There's, and there's so many more films yeah. in the queer diaspora and like in India as well. Kapoor and Sons, the, li- the, the list of... There's so many documentaries as well, like Purple Skies and um, Just Another Love Story so much there's so much on the queer and the trans experience so go forth enjoy you're welcome (laughs) honestly good times Um, good gay times also want to go back to what i said at the very start before i started talking about the films but you do see an evolution of the language throughout the films Mm -hmm. when you go from fire to them really having no words at all for it yeah to kind of getting that western influence and those western words i guess but kind of rejecting them yeah to like really acknowledging them and embracing kind of like this yeah there is a language for this yeah and there is a community as well we will express it yeah it's so good everyone it is it is uplifting Mm -hmm. and i can only hope that lgbt rights in india continue to get cemented in the law like gay marriage cross your fingers all that stuff absolutely but yes so to round to round off the podcast as we always do is there a queer character that you want to shout out this month as being great for LGBTQ plus representation? Yes. Um, actually, this is some news that was revealed very recently and it's very fun and exciting for us gays. Um, and, you know, I think when I look into Amber's eyes, <laughs> I see that we both are thinking about the same I think we are. So I think we should count down and see if we're actually thinking about the same person. Okay. You ready? Yeah. 
Yeah, should I count? Yeah. Three, two, one. Velma. Velma. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. Of course. Oh my god, this is such a win for the gays. This is very t- well. When this podcast is coming out, it's coming out a couple of weeks after the fact. Um, but on the time of recording. Uh, yesterday, it was confirmed that our dear Valma from Scooby Doo is a lesbian. It's canon. It's canon, guys. Finally we did it. Finally, her true. Finally, after so long, there's been so much, so much, mm-hmm. like where people have just been like, just out her. She's gay. She's obviously gay. She's oh, been played by a lesbian new. before. Haley Kiyoko. Oh. Love, love her. Love it. I love it. Um, and they're finally making it canon. It's, it's crazy. They listened. <laughs> I might go as Valma for Halloween this year. Just. Because I mean, live your best life, gay. <laughs> I live your best life, gay. <laughs> Have you got a Halloween costume? Do you know what you're going as? I always go as the same thing. It's so boring. Tell me, dead cowboy. Love that. <laughs> I went as Cruella last year. Love that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I love a Dalmatian. So, so I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm either gonna go as Valma or. Um, a baseball player from the League of Their Own. So watch the space. I'll probably put it on Instagram. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a last minute person when it comes to Halloween, so I always go for like something simple. Yeah, I try not to be. I'm always like I'm always prepared ahead of time, but not in terms of actually getting the costume. Right. I'm very last minute. But yeah, so that's fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited as well. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to this month's episode of Gay Actually from yours truly. Amber and Joyce. Uh, if you liked it, be sure to share it on all socials. We are UKF Review on Twitter. Or you can visit uh, ukfilmreview.co.uk to find out more information on how you can get involved with the podcast and also the upcoming UK Film Review Festival, which yeah. you may have noticed our intro was a little different. That's why. 12th and 13th of November, UK Film Review Festival. <laughs> Look out for more info on our website on how you can watch the films and get involved with that. But anyway, thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Amber. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.